Hi, and welcome to Kleinversations, Klein ISD's podcast about all things teaching and learning. I'm Monica Schallenberger, and I'll be the host for each episode, and my guests will be rotating educators from all over our school district. This podcast is for anyone wanting to expand their knowledge about teaching and learning, and hear our conversations about the journey of educators being joyful, reflective, transparent, and deliberate about applying their learning to transform the world. Rocio Church is our guest today, and she is a Klein ISD 2019 Elementary Teacher of the Year. Rocio is from Houston and has postgraduate hours in reading from Northern Arizona University. She's completed graduate studies in Madrid, Spain. She holds a Master's of Education in Elementary Education and Bachelor's in Teaching from Sam Houston. She is currently in her 33rd year of teaching and empowering students is her passion. She's had the opportunity to teach in seven school districts and in four states, which has molded her beliefs in equity, celebrating diversity, and developing partnerships. I enjoy talking with Rocio because of how she embraces technology in the classroom, family engagement as an integral part of her classroom environment. Wait until you hear about how she includes parents and guardians commenting live on assignments in her class and promotes fun, growth, and a positive sense of self and family. Here's our conversation now. All right, Rocio, we are officially recording our last episode of the school year, and I'm so glad to welcome you to the podcast. Well, thank you for having me, Monica. Yes. So we will get started with a celebration from the district that you have right now. Well, there are a few celebrations I would like to uh, to, to mention, I'm very proud of our district for um, the parent university that they have started this year, uh, having the parents come and uh, take different types of classes and then having that graduation so that they had this last year was was a big success. Mm-hmm. And uh, I have some parents from my classroom that graduated and they were very uh, they were very proud of themselves. And my students were very proud to see their were parents they? in the graduation. Oh. <laughs> so. Also, that uh, Culture for Caring initiative that we have that was uh, started by our students and has just grown uh, is, is incredible. I love their vision statement um, that um, their primary focus is to make all students and clients feel loved and cared for. Cared for is, uh, is amazing. Mm-hmm. So, Do you see your kinder kids really buying into the whole co- culture for caring initiative? Oh yes, yes, and then and then also That's with awesome. our guiding documents and uh, our learner profile where we show empathy and uh, it's just really I think changed the culture of our district or is changing. The yeah, culture of our I district. agree. It's a great initiative. Okay, so we're gonna go head on into our first question of what is your philosophy core beliefs of, of teaching. <clears throat> Excuse me. Um, I love that your background is varied so much. We were talking about that before we got started. You've taught everything from kinder through high school, from Spanish algebra to back to kinder bilingual. So what is the shape of your core beliefs of teaching over the last 33 years? Well, in looking at my notes from like uh, years and years ago uh, in getting ready for the the application for District Teacher of the Year, many of the quotes and things that I had written down on paper are very similar to what I believe in today. So not much has changed other than the way I, I verbalize it. And uh, 
And in reading this book that I just read by Tara Martin called Be Real, I was able to actually condense my philosophy of teaching into real. And, uh, and it's just being relationship-driven. It's uh, having empathy for all my students and be approachable and be a forever learner. And I think if you can be a real teacher using those qualities and, of course, expand on each one, that's my philosophy of teaching. Yeah. And just staying very connected and have a passion. I love that you said not only to be relationship-driven and being a forever learner, but to incorporate empathy. And as a teacher, and over the last 33 years, I'm assuming you didn't start out with that in mind. I mean, you kind of just shape your philosophy Mm -hmm. as you go and there's definitely things that I believed in when I was 22 versus, you know, now. So when you talk about empathy, what do you do to show that quality to your kids and model that for them? Well, empathy is, um, as the students come in every day, we greet each other okay. and we make each other, we make, we make sure that we come in with a smile and there's someone here to greet them and to, to help them if they need help. If someone is sad coming in, one of the other students will come and get Aww. one of our little Chester uh, <laughs> stuffed animal, uh, which comes from Chester, the kissing hand. It's a book that we read at the beginning of the year and they offer Chester to that child to settle them down. Uh, and instead of, you know, making fun or calling them out, we try to work with each other and, 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 and help each other if we're angry or upset or sad or if we're in the pit, we show empathy and we remind them about that the a quote that we tend to say uh, to help ourselves get out of the pit. And we show empathy by just supporting each other. I love that you're doing that at the kindergarten level, just because especially as a mom, like that's every parent's dream is for there to be a supportive culture and classroom for their kids, especially at the very first level of them coming into an elementary. So I think that's great that you're teaching them. Yeah, let's let me hear those quotes. So and, uh, one of the um, to show and to help students get out of the pit if they're not feeling up to taking the challenge or something, we remind them. And uh, this is one of the quotes that we use. We don't grow when things aren't easy. We grow when we face challenges. Mm. Bye. So that is something that we, we don't. That is something that uh, we stop and say when we're in the pit, and it reminds us that uh, yeah. if we keep failing forward, we can achieve it. Well, and it puts the focus on not if you're doing success or if you're if you're not being successful or not. It's about the growth, and I love that mindset change because if you're starting that when they're five and six years old, what are they going to be able to do when they're in high school? And I just love that you're already incorporating that quote because those memories those kids have will definitely carry them through. So, And then uh, just another thing that we also do as far as showing empathy, you know, we have some special needs and some uh, uh, early childhood developmental classes in here. So my students help them out at recess and show them safety. And uh, when we were actually doing the Dr. Seuss unit and we, uh, they got really into uh, Horton Hears a Who, <laughs> of all things. And uh, they loved a quote by Dr. Seuss that was in the book. And uh, if I could play that for you, because then they gave me their take on yeah. the quote and what it meant to them. Yeah, please play that, it. Yeah. Yep. Okay. Horton Hears a Who by Dr. Seuss. A person's a person no matter how small. We think this means it doesn't matter if you're 
tall, short, or a tiny baby. We should all be kind and have empathy. Mrs. Church's class. Yeah. <laughs> That's cute, yeah, isn't it? It's and cute and it's so supportive of everyone. And like I said, I think that it's just important that you're telling them, I don't care if you're a kindergartner and that you're a little kid, I'm still going to give you that respect. And then you're modeling it for them and then they're in turn showing it to each other. So that's really cool. Okay. So I hear you're a rock star at building community with families through various avenues like class dojo, seesaw, campus kids, etc. So why do you put an emphasis on this family engagement and what benefits have you seen with this type of inclusion? Well, I, I did start off using Class Dojo at the beginning of the year, but I've kind of let that go because Seesaw has kind of taken over for okay. me in the, the the family home school connection. So um, it has been phenomenal for me. I have never had as much uh, family interaction, support, uh, knowledge of where their child is academically uh, uh, than I have this year. Because of seesaw, uh, it's um, the parents can see what the child. It's a window into the classroom, right? Uh, something that they had never experienced with their well, other children. We do have some third and fourth grade teachers and some other teachers that are using it here uh, on our campus, and uh, um, but they just love listening to their child read, sharing the activities, and they said it's opened up all kinds of discussion in class oh, because if awesome. they are working on. Um, just something simple like uh, recycling. So it opens up a discussion, what can we do at home? Yeah. Or the life cycle of an animal or a butterfly or a caterpillar. Some of them didn't know the life cycle of a ladybug. And so it opened up a discussion for them. So it's opened up a lot of discussions that they're having at home. And it also lets parents see that they need to work on fluency and reading mm -hmm. and and uh, in math, if uh, the assessment was counting by tens or by fives or by yeah. ones and backwards. And so they can immediately see that. And I give uh, immediate feedback. And I also record the feedback so the students can hear it at home. And then the parents can also yeah. give the students feedback. And the kids love, my students love opening up their parents' feedback here at school. So they can immediately post a, an activity. Their parents see it at home. Their parents send them feedback. And oh, we get to wow. To it while we're still at school. Do you have a high activity rate with that? Uh, I was able to get all of my parents connected the first week of school. That's so cool. I, I had a special little meeting with them. Yeah. And I actually told them that was my, one of my goals this yeah. year. And uh, I do not like to fail. <laughs> and so I had them bring all their tablets and their phones and everything we did here at school. And I got them all connected. What's funny about that, um, not funny, haha, but it's just, I love that you're including them and it, you're welcoming it. I know kind of sometimes the higher you get towards secondary and you can probably attest to this when you taught at a high school, sometimes teachers don't want to welcome parents. And I know I didn't for a long time in my career until I got towards the end of my teaching part of my career, um, because you kind of get a little nervous and you don't know what to expect. And if it's a, a, a parent who maybe brings some more conflict than others, it can be kind of nerve wracking to have those conversations. But the older that I got, I realized, you know what, we're all a team and it takes a village to raise a child. And I didn't have children then, but um, I think it's so important that you're saying it opens the conversation and benefits the communication that they're having at home with their parents mm -hmm. because you're having a direct impact on that. Even though you're only with them during the school day and you're really helping to drive that academic language and academic conversation with their families at home. And I think that's important for people to remember that it doesn't just leave when you 
walk out the door here. I mean, that, that conversation's be ongoing because of that family engagement that you're incorporating in your classroom. So I definitely agree with all that. It's been amazing having the, the input and the feedback and the support that I've had from the parents. And it's increased my students learning because they know they have at the end of the pro at the end of their, whatever it is, a challenge or activity, they're going to have to produce it. So there's a product, yeah. a final product. And they know that families, not only mom and dad, but it could be grandma and yeah, grandma that's so in cool. Venezuela and Puerto Rico and El Salvador. Yeah. Four, four parents can uh, connect to each that's awesome. Uh, journal. And so you're really so, helping. And then and it also gives just a window for the parents to see, like you said. And I was talking to some teachers my last year on campus and it's like, Hey, even though kids are older, parents and guardians still want to see what they're doing. And not every single parent, but I know I'll care when my child's a teenager, you know, because you just want to see what's going on in the classroom and be able to have that connection. And I think it's great that that happens so much at the elementary level. And I'm sure you can agree with this. I think it could happen all the way through middle school, through well, high school. Seesaw's great. It's yeah. through 12th grade. So yeah. it's out there to be used. And and also, like you said, we use it for, I use it for district things and for uh, the school items. I'll repost uh, happenings that are going to go on field day yeah, that's or, great. This or repost the, the, the Google form so they don't have to wait in line in the office to come to the parties. And so even though they have peach jar and just like, and things like that, I kind of go through the peach jar and just resent the important things. And Well, and it's funny you mentioned class dojo. My last year I taught sophomores, juniors, and seniors, and I incorporated class dojo at the high school level. And of course it took a little creativity to get it started and have a system in place at the secondary level. But I will tell you my seniors were the most into it. And I love talking about that management system because I think people see it sometimes or hear it's being used elementary level and it gets kind of pushed to the side. Um, and I had so much success with, and I just wanted something fresh by that point. Yes. And so I just threw class dojo in there and we had a whole management system in my classroom. But I mean, my seniors would not talk to me if I made a negative. I called them no Joes on their dojo account. They wouldn't talk to me. It's like, ah, I got a no Joe. I'm like, well, you didn't do what you're supposed to or whatever. It's funny because you can't underestimate. They're still kids at heart. Yeah. They still want the smelly sticker. They still want to have those fun activities to make class, you well, know, we were exciting. using the class dojo like that for a couple of years here for about four years. Okay. But then we got away with uh, community circles and nurtured heart yeah. and uh, restorative practice. We're really trying to get away from the negative. Speaking of being away from the negatives, what does your shirt say? Uh, we need to make the positive so loud that the negatives are almost impossible to, to hear. And that's uh, George Curious. Yeah. He's so good. Innovator's that's, mindset. That's, that's, that's kind of why I stopped using the dojo point system. And then it was redundant using the dojo and yeah, the seesaw when yeah, I more than do one. everything with just one. one. So. And you really have to find what management system works for right. you. Uh, I felt like with those classes, I could do the, the, and I call them negative. I hate to say that, but the minus points because no, it would work well. But like you're saying with kindergarten, it's probably not nearly as important to be doing that because you're trying to build their confidence and stuff like that. Uh, but we, but it, it is, it is yeah. used. I mean, there are consequences to, yeah, to behavior. Of so we use a ticket system. The whole school is using a ticket system. So for whatever positive they do, oh, they PBIS. publish a book or something like that, they get a ticket. Yeah. And if they do something amazing or uh, um, they're spotted doing a, a we, not me activity mm -hmm. or uh, cleaning up the cafeteria. No one asks them. They get a wow ticket, which is an immediate treasure box. Oh, wow. So you collect 10 tickets. Oh, you go wow. to the treasure box. Yeah. A wow is just one. It's worth 10. So there's a little math involved there so they can. Uh, and, and so, and if you do something that is a, a, a negative, um, uh, make a bad choice, you might have to pay me a ticket. Oh, good for so, you. Yeah. And I think I mean, those kind of systems, like a lot of schools are moving towards 
campus-wide PBIS systems. Mm-hmm. I worked at a school once in Fair that did that. And it was very helpful for all the teachers to be on the same page and use the same ticket systems. But I know some campuses don't do that. And so all the things we talked about can be incorporated K through 12 in a classroom. Yeah, if, this is our first year and I think yeah, it's working. That's awesome. All right. So you are known on campus for finding joy in your job and supporting others. No pressure. Um, so tell us how you work to have a positive attitude because although teaching is the best career out there. It can be difficult at times. I know I'm catching you on the last week of school. So tell us how you just focus on having a positive attitude. Actually, the last week of school, I know uh, there's several of us walking around. They're having to move classes Mm -hmm. or do this. So there's a lot of stress uh, on several teachers. I go, I find myself wanting one more day. (laughs) Uh, I could be just uh, a nerd teacher. Um, But uh, I... um, this is my my happy place. Yeah. This is my passion. I, I love to be here, and um, I, I don't know where I get it from or how I find it. I just know it's what I am and who I want to be right. and what I love to do. Um, my my advice is just uh, if there is advice is to, to really stay. Con- I have this little thing I jot jotted down is just just stay connected to your why, your purpose, to people, and the bigger picture. If you can do those things and just by passion and what you're doing, uh, I, I never get burnt out. So, but I'm constantly also changing. It's just like your house. You, you might not move homes, but you paint and get new <laughs> furniture and you do. So I never, my class is never the same year in and year out. Uh, the foundation stays the same. Right. Uh, the way I teach reading, you know, things like that. There's some things that stay the same, like the framework of your house. But uh, you add detail, you add color, you add, uh, I, I, I don't know. You yeah. just. Uh, You're constantly evolving. And mm-hmm. so it keeps it fresh. And the fact that you have different kids in your classroom, like I think people outside of the education profession don't realize how much of an impact those different personalities can make in your classroom, um, changing, constantly changing through. And I think back to some years, that might've been difficult or some years that were great or some years that had a mix between the two or um, just the, and even, and, you know, as a secondary level from period to period, the dynamic in your room can change because of the types of classes and kids you have in there. So um, I love that you said to work on staying connected to those four things, why purpose the big picture into people. That's, that's great that you um, delineated those four things, because I think sometimes if you're just a shot in the dark, just trying to stay positive in general, it's hard to like put your focus on something. And so uh, those four things are all attached to education for sure. So last, I also heard um, that you like to create opportunities for spontaneous fun for your kids, which makes me excited as a fellow educator, especially because they are, I was looking at your students when I first got in here and I was telling you, gosh, I can't believe these kids are five and six because some of your kids look so much older, but they are so sweet. And um, you can tell they have a, a, a good culture in here. It's a nice environment of friendly friendly faces with your kids but how do you integrate ways to make it fun in your class for your kids well I'm not doing anything different than other teachers okay really but I can we can I can take just a simple little lesson and as long as I show I'm excited yeah. about it and I show enthusiasm for what it's going to be with the end product or whether it's a seesaw or a traditional work or or a reading group, if you make it exciting yourself, uh, it, the kids just buy into it. Yeah. So it can be anything. I go, but I do like to have fun, so I do like to bring some extra things. And uh, um, 
the, the technology has made it exciting. But when we were talking about this morning about your favorite memories yeah. of kindergarten, not one said seesaw, not one said computer. They all <laughs> said the parties or making the pizza Sweet. or Easter egg hunt or all relationships like yes, connected it's stuff. All all has to do with relationship driven and it's the connections that we made to each other. So even though they enjoyed all of the digital work and all of the computer work or the seesaw or the Google classroom or the coding on the computer, yeah. that's not what they remember. They do remember botany and coding on the floor and Legos and, and making the pizza and things like that. To, um, but it can be any very simple lesson. You just have to show excitement for yeah. it, enthusiasm for it, and they're excited. I think that's so important that you're pointing that out because an enthusiastic delivery works for anybody. I mean, I used to think about, and when I've read some some different things about organizational communication, and if people walk around and they're like, it's a Monday, mm -hmm. and you say, hi, how are you today? And people are like, oh, it's a Monday. It's a lot easier to jump on that training and be like, yeah, it is a Monday. But if someone's like, I'm doing great, you know, and not that you should be inauthentic, but at the same time, your attitude and delivery with just people in general will have a positive effect. And it's easier to jump on that if it's more of a happy connection instead of like a negative one. And I think it's so important to remember when you're teaching, like that's how we start every morning with a happy. And I try to stay from negativity, stay right. away from it. And if I do see it. I am still very open. I'm having a great day. Positive. Oh well, I'm. I'm. I'm I don't. I try not to let others bring me down. Right. And you're human. So like, if it happens, it happens. Yeah. We're in a people-centered um, career, but at the same time, like you said, when it, especially when it has to do with the content, if the teacher's not excited about it, no one's going to get excited about it. And I'll never forget teaching English too. One year we had um, Tuesdays with Maury and of Mice and Men as our two books. Personally, not a huge fan of either of those books. They're kind of depressing to me. But I just remember thinking, okay, I have to sell this to the kids. And when we got to the sad parts or we got to the parts where we're just talking about, especially Tuesday the morning, I mean, the guy is dying throughout the whole book. I just remember thinking like, okay, I've got to put on a show here and yes. really sell these books because the kids aren't into it. And this is depressing. So um, I'm sure there were other times I didn't sell it so great. But I just think that's so important with enthusiastic delivery. And it almost is like you're putting on a show sometimes because you've got – 20 to 30 students who are looking to you to see what your reaction is. It also makes me think of how you react to other kids too, um, especially at the high school level. I don't know if you feel this at the kinder level, but you know, a, a student would say something that might've been a little silly or goofy. I'll never forget those teenage faces shooting looks to me right away. They want to see how you're going to react as a teacher. And I just feel like that's so important to remember that you're the constant model in the classroom. So I love that answer. All right. So let's get to the personal parts. What is one favorite thing in education that you have right now? Well, well, uh, favorite thing in education right now has is focused on on my district on Klein. I'm real excited about the professional development that we're offering to each other, and I love that our teachers are teaching teachers. And uh, I was asked by three different uh, educators in the district to. Um, to teach some seesaw classes and I had to just decline for this summer just because I have an ill mom and yeah. I just don't want to be last minute canceling. Right. But I was very honored that they, they asked me and I'm, I'm hoping that in the future, you know, I'll have the opportunity right. to do it again, but I'm excited about learning from others in, in the community. And I'm real excited about our, our digital conference. That yeah. Having. Empower. Yes. Empower. Are you coming? That's next Friday, yes. June 7th. At yes. And, and listening to Holly Clark. Yeah. As speaker, I'm super excited to hear what she has to say about technology integration and one-to-one -one environments and things like that. And, and the district is also, um, 
uh, for winning this award, they they gave me a little uh, incentive to go to a, a, a conference, conference yeah. of my choosing, and I chose to go to the ISTE uh, oh, yeah. Digital Learning Conference in Philadelphia. So I'm going to get to learn a little bit more about technology and education and hope to share what I learned. Yeah, with your campus. I love that. All right, so what's one favorite thing in general right now, just in life? Well, uh, in general right now is spending time with my mom. Okay. So uh, every free moment I have, I, I spend time with my mom. She has uh, been battling a meningioma brain tumor uh, since 2016. She's had a couple brain surgeries. She's radiation. So sorry. Peg yeah. I mean, she has a positive outlook. She is an amazing woman. She's learned to walk, eat, talk three times, and she wow. just doesn't give up. And uh, she is my uh, rock Uh my inspiration. And so this summer I'm dedicating yeah. a turn to my dad. Good. Yeah. I'm sure that's so. where you get your positive, your positive outlook from. It sounds like she's a great person. Okay. And then what's the last part is what's your favorite book? Well, it's right here. And this is, this one, uh, it's called, uh, be real from Tara Martin. Okay. And this Tell is the one that it. actually helped me put together my philosophy and condense it into real. Yeah. Her real is a little different from my real, but I, I took a spin off of her. Uh, she's amazing. She, uh, all it is, this entire, uh, entire book by Tara Martin is it's relationship driven. It's stories that, uh, that she's written down throughout her years as an administrator, as a teacher, they're inspirational. Uh, and, and it's mostly, it's about the importance of making deep connections with your students yeah. and your peers and your admin and connecting with the parents and the district. And it's like you said before, it takes a village. Mm -hmm. And uh, that's, that's what she talks about. And she's, it's an amazing book. And she's also the creator of book snaps, not just book snaps, okay. but just in general. Uh, I'll definitely link that in the show notes so people can order it. If yes, it's like. just and so is it about how to write your philosophy or is it about making connections no, with others? No, it's just about making connections. Oh, okay. And it's just stories about uh, things that happened to her throughout her life and how she uh, learned that the connections that you make with students and teachers uh, uh, can, can last a life, yeah, lifetime. really, they can. So That's great. And then she was also a high school teacher, and she was trying to make connections with her students in, in books like what you were talking about. And sometimes there's books that, you know, you're not really into. And she taught them how to do book snaps. So they would, like, take a picture, uh, 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 a screenshot of the okay. page of the book or whatever it was online. And then on the book snap, on the, the, the picture, they would just put, uh, you know, quotes and what they thought about it and put emojis and stuff like that and turn it in. And it just helped. Uh, her students summarize. Simplify, yeah, and simplify. So yeah, that's just an added thing at the end. Yeah, of that's book. great. I didn't realize she really created about, that. Uh, uh, relationships. Okay, I have to add that to my book list. For I, sure. I loved it. Yeah, it's I've, called Educate from the Heart. Well, I've just loved sitting in your classroom. It's the first time I sat in a classroom for an episode recording. So if anyone's heard noises, it's because we are on the Kinder Wing at Blackshear Elementary, and I'm just so grateful. Um, that you won elementary teacher of the year because you're an epitome of what a relationship driven connected to your why and really teaching empathy to your students is all about. Thank you. Mom. Yeah, no problem. Our conversation today was so inspiring to me. When I walked into Rocio's classroom to record, the students were smiling and had the sweetest disposition. It might have been because they were adorable five and six-year-olds, 
but the way they communicated with each other, with her, and listened so respectfully to another student while he showed us the work that he was doing mirrored what Rocio was saying about respect, positivity, and fun in the classroom. The quotes her sweet students said will be ingrained in them for years to come. And how awesome is it that this classroom environment is the first school experience they have since they are in kindergarten? When I think of my conversation with Rocio, Sean Aker, the author of The Happiness Advantage, quote came to mind. He said, each one of us is like the butterfly in the butterfly effect. And each tiny move toward a more positive mindset can send ripples of positivity through our organizations, our families, and our communities. Teachers like Rocio are having a positive impact that will ripple through our community. And it was a pleasure to sit down and talk with her. This is our last episode of the 2018-19 school year, and we will resume in August of 2019. If you are an educator, I hope you have a restful summer full of relaxation and learning. Until next time, here's to taking our learning and transforming the world.